And that's my rule of thumb with the OnlyFans chicks. If I'm not smashing, I'm not subscribing. That's it. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bromar Show. I am your host, Bromar. And New Year is approaching. Uh, this is our last time that we have the chance to reach a thousand minutes worth of content. Well, not really. We have uh, damn near the entire week. We have till Friday, basically. But I feel like your boy has been slacking. Christmas special was about 37 minutes. And then you have the previous episode, which had roughly around 15 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. So that's roughly around 45, maybe 50 minutes already. Which, yeah, I know with an hour, yeah, uh, an hour is not going to be enough. So if we can reach at least 100 minutes, that would be great. 100 minutes overall. So uh, expect this to be a pretty long episode. I don't have any guests in this one, unfortunately. If I did, oh man, it would have been mm, such a such a special, such a special. But uh, since your boy here has been busy with a uh, holiday season and with scheduling, your boy here really sucks at making schedules. I know. We're just gonna go ahead and hop on the internet and see what content we can find, whether or not it is spicy or not spicy. Which, speaking of spicy, <laughs> we're gonna talk about Belle Delphine. Her uh her adult tape is out and. I didn't get a chance to watch it because your boy here is not trying to pay for it. Unfortunately, your boy here. I know. Yeah, I get it. Support sex work, but um, I can't support it if I can't be involved in any of the sex scenes. I'm just saying. <laughs> and of course, clearly to my standards, too, you know, like I don't want to be doing any like really, really weird stuff. You know, just your typical just, hey, you know, I thought it'd be fun just kind of doing this fun thing and just it being on camera. That's it. <laughs> And then from there, I'll make my own OnlyFans account. Yeah, I know. But uh, I'll talk about that here in just a couple moments. But yeah, your boy here right now is very unprepared. And I'm recording the intro part four hours before, you know, the normal release time schedule, which is Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Well, apparently it says all time zones are local. So it's going to be at 3. You're going to, depending on... um. Which time zone you're in, it's going to be at 3. So that is because your boy decided to to work a full-on shift last night. Straight open to close. And, well, I got, got a couple days off, actually, in exchange for that. So it, it worked out in my favor a little bit. However, because I worked last night, I didn't have any time to edit or record anything else. And, of course, I need to put a whole lot of uh, more effort now because we're trying to reach the 100-minute mark. You know, your boy was just, you know, hustling out here. You know what I'm saying? Hustling. And then I just had a little bit of an epiphany, and I'm just like, you know what? I want to make more money, but I want to put a little less work. Not no work, but just a tad bit less. And that means that I have to look, well, for some better opportunities in regards to making money. You know, make more money, do a little bit less work, basically. And I'm pretty sure it's possible. You have to put a little bit of work into it initially, but once you get that off and running, I think you'll be okay and you'll be fine. So that means we got to somewhat hustle through it, but not really. Now explain why. You see, we're going to reference one of my favorite YouTubers, Tiffany Fergs, because this girl does an amazing job on breaking down internet analysis. Like, she does an excellent job analyzing all of this. And she uses statistics and all that. And you know what? The Bromar Show does this more on the entertaining side. 
your boy here just wants to improve on being a fun person. You know, like I know I tend, I used to be smart, but <laughs> I want to be fun now. At least let me be the fun guy instead of the, the intellectual high big brain human being. You know what I'm saying? So she did this video on hustle culture, workaholism and toxic productivity. And I think, and it is a good thing that she brought this up because I had some weird feeling about this type of, uh, this type of culture. And this is what she does good at doing. It's stuff that I just have in my mind and she just compiles it and organizes it together. So this is why I just love this YouTuber. She does an excellent job in just compiling all the thoughts in regards to these type of topics going on in my head and just organizes it. Great. So in her video, she talks about, you know, the American dream, what it is and yada, 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 and how it transitions into the, the hustle culture and the workaholism and toxic productivity. And referencing back to the American dream, you know, the American dream to some people, it's very suggestive, but I think the main premise behind that is that you basically get to accomplish your dreams with little to no obstacle, basically, which <laughs> that's a fucking lie here in the US, like, come on now. Regardless of all that, she also mentioned that people still want to work hard. They want to improve to the world and to themselves their worth or their skills. And that quote really just kind of, it brought an idea to my head. And perhaps this could be the solution to this. When she said that people still want to prove to the world and to themselves about their worth and skills, I think we found the problem and our solution. The problem is we care about what people think. And the solution is let's stop doing that. And for that, I'll actually give a shout out to uh, the Stop Giving a Fuck podcast because uh, she's actually part of our, our coop group, basically. It's the co-op, but I like to call it the coop because that's just the hashtag. So <laughs> she's part of uh, one of our uh, circle of outstanding podcasters. And she, you know, her main premise is to really just stop caring about what others say, especially on social media. But in this situation, we got to really stop caring about what other people think. And then this just brings me to a really good quote that a guy by the name of John, he is another YouTuber. So what he said is, you got to decrease the judgment of others and increase the judgment in yourself. So don't worry about what other people think. Worry more about what you think. That's basically the simple premise. And, you know, that's the solution. You really got to stop caring what people think. Only care about what you think about yourself. Just look deep inside and say, what do I want in my life? And which then this transitions into the entrepreneurial content, which she talks about. And what I've also noticed along with uh, Tiffany Ferg, she also noticed is that majority of the entrepreneurial content, you know, you got to work hard and, you know, sleep little. And if you ain't working, you ain't really working all this mess, yada, yada, yada. And, you know. It's just, I like to call them the, the haters for basically not making as much money and they're working a little too hard, basically. <laughs> what I'm, yeah, basically is they didn't work hard enough to, well, set themselves up to make more money but not work as much, basically. And that's kind of like my thing is we got to not work hard, but we got to work smarter. And yeah, majority of these people are like anti nine to five. It's like they, they don't want to do anything with a nine to five. It's like the thought of a nine to five disgusts them. And look, I'm not a nine to five person. I don't have a nine to five. Okay. But 
there's nothing wrong with having a nine to five. At least you get weekends off. If you're a social person, I think that would be a perfect, perfect thing for you. Because you know, working as a nine to five, then you can go socialize on weekends every weekend. For me, I can't really do that too much because then sometimes it's like, man, I just want to just stay at home play video games. So yeah, they're very anti nine to five. They want to be their own boss, be self employed, in which I get it, I understand, but um, I feel like there's just some hard, cold truth to accomplishing that. And I just feel like not only do you have to work a little bit hard, but you have to be pretty smart about this thing. You have to be really good at your craft. That's why for me, I still haven't really took off with my own business because it's like I really just want to identify what my craft is. Whether is it cooking because I know I like to cook here and there or is it producing audio, which I mean, I'm currently doing right now. <laughs> so it's like one of those things. They're just so anti nine to five. They're so anti work culture. And like I said, nothing wrong with that. It's just personal preference on what you want. And for me, I rather just work, uh, let's see, Friday through Mondays. So that's like, let's see, Saturday, oh yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That's like almost four, almost five days a week. I'm only working four days a week if I do Friday through Monday. And then along with that, holding another part-time job. So it's just all about, again, just setting yourself up and being in control of your own life and knowing what you want. Now, another thing that myself and also the other YouTuber noticed is that they're just aspiring for this luxurious lifestyle. To be the next Jeff Bezos, to be the next Elon Musk, or the next Bill Gates, having the freaking Ferraris and nice mansions and all this mess, in which I get it. I understand they're nice and everything, but look, there is another workaround around this. Honestly, all you have to do is rent these things. Just rent them for a couple days or even a day or a couple hours. And if you don't like it, don't rent it again, okay? And if you do, well, rent it again. Rent it until you get tired of that. Because these are just materialistic things and you're going to get bored out of them. They're just like toys, basically. <laughs> They're just expensive toys. That's what they are. <laughs> and, man, now I get it why sugar babies behave the way they do. It's like, I, I got bored of this mansion. Let me see if I can find another sugar daddy that has a, a better mansion or a different mansion. I'm tired of this one. <laughs> But yeah, it seems like that's all they aim for. They don't really talk about starting a business in which I, I've actually, me, myself, I graduated with a um, degree in business administration. So I have an idea of what it's like, you know, being in a business. I mean, still lots to learn, but it's like, look, man, you want to start your own business? You you have to put the work. There's no way around it. You have to put some work. You're going to need some money some financing and there's many different ways you can do this you can ask for a loan or go ahead and save that stuff yourself and then just launch it from there surround yourself with people that will mentor you they'll help you and majority of the entrepreneurial content that i've noticed again doesn't really give any advice on how to really start a business now i know there's some coaches that do that for money in which i understand you know hey i'll teach you how to start your own business but hey i have a course on this that you have to pay for which i, I get it you know it's part of a, it's part of the grind. I get it, but it's like there really isn't like anything to of substance of like how to how to really be your own boss, how to really start your own business. And it's just funny because this is what uh this is what having a four year degree in any business major really helps you with, and that is noticing some of the, like the some of the yeah entrepreneur content you see. It's like really that's no like I'm pretty sure like. I don't know, man. This this page is kind of phony. They're not teaching people how to run businesses, how to even start one, for all that matters. 
and that's basically what I noticed through like the whole entire MLM girl boss, um, all the other entrepreneurial content you see out there. It's like, I see right through it. It's like, still haven't told me how to start a business, like, or at least how to, how to keep going on and making it go for a good couple of years and then when to sell it. Like, and yeah, most of the posts, it's just toxic positivity. You got to think positively and all this mess. And I have so much to say about quotes like that. So much to say about the toxic positivity. And I'll talk about that later on there. But yeah, the only entrepreneurial content I would ever actually approve of is Gary V. Because not only does he tell you how it is, it's like he's literally telling you, hey, you're in control of your own life. Uh, you decide whether you want to take the hard way or you want to take the smart way. So you want to work hard and play hard, whatever the case may be, or you want to work smarter and, you know, just it's all up to you. The rest, all up to you. And I think that's just one thing people don't keep in mind is instead of working harder, work smarter or work the smartest, basically. And that's why I, I told you that, hey, I want to make a little more money, but I want to put a little less work. I'm not saying that I don't want to put any work, just a little bit less, a little bit less. And look, it's possible. Like I told you, look, I work uh, <laughs> damn near four days a week. Friday through Monday, and I make some decent money just from those four days, just from that weekend. Honestly, that's you know working at a restaurant, and then of course I have my little part-time gig going on on the weekdays, make money from that too, and it's pretty minimal right now. It's a little better than what I had last time. I will say, last couple years, a lot better. But um, I still want to improve in this sector. You know, I wanna I wanna actually just be independent on my own and just basically navigate and just know what to do. So, and then of course me bringing up the fact that I want to work less and make more is, you know, the whole entire idea of workaholism. You know, you have to be a workaholic if you want to make money, you know, uh, I want to sleep, but my pockets say I need more money, whatever the case may be in which, <laughs> look, man, I don't know. Look, I feel like, how can I put this? How can I really put this? And also let's keep in mind our economy isn't really the best at the moment. I mean... It's kind of interesting and difficult and different to navigate. But if you, as a workaholic, post <laughs> a quote that says stuff like that, it's like, I want to go to sleep, but my pocket's saying get more money or wants more money. Like, you got a spending issue or like money management issue because the thing is, if you manage your money well enough, if you save your money well enough, I'm pretty sure you can use that to take a couple days off, to take a whole week off, maybe a whole freaking month. You can use all that money to take the month off, have fun, whatever. And I feel like sometimes as people, we need to do that too. But hey, our economy doesn't really allow that very easily. So we got to work around it somehow. And I'm pretty sure there's workarounds. A little hard to find, got to put in some work. And I think that's where they don't put the focus on. They don't put the focus on how to navigate through the economy and have this, uh, you know, pretty fun lifestyle instead of, you know, just working, working, working. I'm just, I know we get it. We got bills to pay and it's expensive living here. But then again, it's cultural. So I can't, I can't really knock this down. It's, it's kind of cultural or I guess it's very suggestive. If you have loved ones that let you spend some time in their place for a couple months, while you save up some money to go on vacation, right? Cool. And then go back to working while you're still at their place. Save up enough money, get yourself a different place or back your old place, whatever the case may be. 
that's just me thinking, okay? That's just me. That's just me. And don't care what people say when you do like that. As long as you were pretty diligent about it, you were diplomatic about it, you're like, look, listen, I need a couple weeks off, and, you know, if I take these couple weeks off, it's going to affect my paycheck, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you know, let my lease expire right now, and I'll just move in here with you for a couple months, and, you know, I'll go ahead and kind of, you know, clear my mind for a couple weeks. I'll give it three weeks, right? And then just come back and look, I'll go back to work by then and I'll help you out here in assistance financially with, you know, groceries, whatever the case may be, whatever you need here right now. And then once, you know, I feel like I got myself set up, I'll move out. I mean, that again, subjective on whether the person, whether your sibling or your parents or grandparents will allow that. If they do, great. You know, make sure you respect the boundaries, respect, you know, go and abide by their set of rules because, you know, it's their place. They're the ones that are paying it and they're letting you live there. So it's just one of those things. And it, again, it's cultural. So it's very subjective. Man, this is the longest rant I had to do. And just one more thing to keep in mind if you are the person on that end that, okay, sure, I'll let you stay here for a couple months. It's important to hold that person accountable and just... If that person said whatever months they need to stay, like six months or even nine months or 12 months, hold them accountable for that amount. And if they're not out by then, then feel free to kick them out. You told them, hey, the deal was this amount of time or you told her that that's the amount of time, whatever the case may be. All right. Now we're going to talk about toxic positivity. And this is why when I see quotes like this, it's like it's hard for me to take people's advice because... I become really bougie about my quotes. Like, I really do. If someone wants to, like, put out this quote about, um, you know, don't let the lamb do lion things. I don't know. Some whack crap like that. <laughs> I'm just making quotes up. It's like I can't take it seriously or nor can I really consider taking the quote because of these toxic positivity quotes. So let me see if I can find excellent examples of this. Uh, let's go back to uh, uh, entrepreneur content right here. Um... To get rich, you have to be making money while you're asleep. Uh, I mean, sure. But you know what else some people want to be? They want to be wealthy. Rich is definitely different from being wealthy. One day I won't have to think twice about a price. Uh, you know, for a guy that's very minimal about how much he's making right now, I really don't even think twice about the price at all. It's just like, okay, I know I have money set up to buy this, so I'm good. Or sometimes I'm like, oh, I can't buy it. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll save it up and come back here in a couple months. That's honestly my thought process. And yeah, success isn't just about what you accomplish in your life. It's about what you inspire others to do, which again, we're going back to the rhetoric of we are caring what people think. Let's actually care about what you yourself thinks. What do you think success is? What is your definition of success? It's like, this is what quotes like this scream. To me, to me, they scream, I really care about what other people say. And I care a lot, which I mean, I can't really say it's a bad thing, but it also it's a thing that really hinders you sometimes. And I mean, yeah, we get it. We want some positivity in our life. But I think what we also need is a little bit of reality, just a little bit of a dose of reality. And like I said, that previous quote that I mentioned from another YouTuber, decrease the judgment of others and increase the judgment of yourself. It's a good one to abide by because, look, man, the matter is there are some people out there that don't give a shit about you. So why should you? 
And if there's people out there that give a shit about you, well, great. Those are people that should be in your life. And I just, I can't stand the toxic positivity because majority of it seems fake. It, it seems so fake. It's like, it's not real, ma'am. This ain't real. You're not practicing what you preach. I get it. You you want to keep positive and keep positive thoughts and think of the positive outcomes. But then I feel like I'm not trying to say they think negatively, but sometimes it is important to be prepared for any worst case scenarios and also be prepared in your mind how you're going to react and whether or not you're ready for any consequence that you have coming your way if you react that way. And Sometimes it's important to kind of keep that running through your head a little bit just to not only just keep you in check, but let's just say if you have a set of values or a belief system for yourself and it pretty much, again, keeps you in check and aligned to those, you know, belief systems. It keeps you congruent and true to yourself, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Um, Just kind of running those kind of scenarios in your head. And most of the time, I mean, doesn't really happen. However... It always is important to be prepared for the worse. And I feel like I'm, I'm giving a lot of anxiety attack to you now. I'm sorry. But what I'm trying to say, yeah, it's, you know, we're not all exempt from bad things. So it is important to be prepared and be on the lookout for stuff like that. And I'm not saying like, you know, positivity quotes are bad, but I, there's there's some certain toxic ones that you're just like, oh, I can't stand that one. That one's definitely so phony. So, <laughs> okay, um, Belle Delphine's sex tape slash adult content video on OnlyFans has been leaked apparently, and a couple of YouTubers went ahead and reviewed that, and what I've been hearing is that <laughs> it it was amateur, in which, I mean, whatever, I mean, she, she seems to be on the younger side, so, I mean, sure, expect it to be amateur. But what was kind of weird about that is that it involved a teddy bear. And I, I just, I had a hunch that it was going to be weird. I had a hunch it was going to be somewhat weird. Now, it wasn't as weird as I was going to think was going to be. But it was still, you know, inch bit weird. So it was just this giant teddy bear. And um, yeah, I'm pretty sure her mom's not disappointed that the fact that she did adult film. But the fact that it was just... It was a little bit on the cringe side. Just a tad bit. But I'm pretty sure she's banking money because the simps right now, oh my god. I don't think I've heard them be on the internet for at least a whole week. And this whole week, it has been pretty peaceful. I haven't seen a lot of, uh... Oh, wait, hold on. I do remember. I had an OnlyFans chick um say something about just trying to improve her stats. And I figure, I think I know why she's doing that. Because Belle Delphine, she's taking all the money. She's taking all the money. She's raking it all in. And she's going to rake more in once she sells the condom they used to. Um, I don't think they even used a condom, did they? I, I didn't watch this video. Only a few YouTube people that I keep up to date with, as in like I just checked their videos out. Only a few people have actually uh, reviewed that. And like I said, your boy here ain't trying to pay for it. So... <laughs> And that's my rule of thumb with the OnlyFans chicks. If I'm not smashing, I'm not subscribing. That's it. <laughs> look, and look, that's honestly a pretty good. <sighs> I don't think I'm ready to give out this financial advice to OnlyFans chicks. I really don't. Because I could I could help them out. I could just by me subscribing to them, I could. But um, like I said, if I ain't smashing, I ain't subscribing. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm such a piece of shit for real. Anyway, so a lot of people 
are watching the video that way you don't have to um and what it seems again it's a little bit uh it's, it's not as hardcore as she promoted it to be it, it was just uh basic basically <laughs> so uh if you wanted to spend that money on the bell delphine thing i think at this point i'll probably spend it on a damn condom honestly and for all i know that condom's a cure for covid it probably is. I mean, her bath water is already cured for COVID, and more than likely that condom is too. All right, we're going to talk about um, a little bit of a compare and contrast about Cyberpunk 2077 and what really makes a good video game. Because nowadays, I don't think there's really a lot of good video games out there. Not anymore. And so I'll just go ahead and start with the simple synopsis or summaries for both games respectively. So you have Cyberpunk 2077, which is about, well, depending on the path you choose, whether it be Nomad or a street kid or, you know, a corpo. It's just them navigating through Night City with uh, good old John Wick, a.k.a. Fortnite guy, aka Keanu Reeves, and depending on your choices, the storyline could be different and the ending could be different. So it's just one of those things. And with Grand Theft Auto, it's the similar premise too, except that it was perhaps the first Grand Theft Auto game, you know, GTA 5, that had three playable characters. And it's basically about Trevor, Franklin, and Michael navigating through Los Santos, which is the fictional city of Los Angeles. And I think that's where Night City is also based off is Los Angeles, like in the damn near future. And of course, depending on your choices, you get the choice to get rid of Trevor, get rid of Michael, get rid of Franklin, or don't get rid of any of them at all. And yeah, it's just them navigating through all the corruption and shit going on in Los Santos and each character has their own perks, whatever. It's one of those very high-detailed games. I mean, Cyberpunk was that too, but we're going to talk about the physics and the immersion in regards to both games. With Cyberpunk, obviously set in the year 2077, futuristic human cyborgs uh, with cybernetic enhancements, etc., all that mess, right? And, I mean, it just got you immersed that, you know, you were in the future, or at least it tried to get you in there. Now, several issues happened once the game was launched and that is that uh, this game was glitchy as hell but then again i expected it that it was going to be somewhat glitchy because this was a really huge game really big and so a lot of people couldn't even play the damn game because it was just so bad so glitchy it kept crashing and it's like i can't even do anything so they just they just dropped it and now cd project is potentially facing a lawsuit because of this disastrous launch and i mean they still made some money but i think now they're losing because of all the refunds etc and so i'll go ahead and talk about the physics in that game uh what i noticed is that with the car when you're driving around <laughs> you bump into another car it just pushes the vehicle to the side it's like oh damn this is a sturdy motherfucker damn even as you riding as a motorcycle in cyberpunk, you can still push the vehicle to the side just by bumping into it. It's it's fucking insane. It's like, damn, is this what the year 2077 is like? Because if that's the case, well, shit. <laughs> fucking hook me up with that car then. <laughs> but, um, yeah. The NPCs also, the non-playable characters is what they call them. They, they're not really as uh, diverse, you know? It's like you have a few kind of different ones, but it's like... You can just tell they're they're not as diverse as you thought. Um, and same thing with, uh, I would say, that the character writing was okay. It wasn't too bad. It actually was really good. 
The storyline obviously was pretty good, and I only gotten through one storyline. So one thing that they've also made in comparison with the YouTube videos in regards to this game is that when you shoot bullets through the water, you don't see the splashing effects. And along with that, if you hit uh, some items with a fucking baseball bat, it's that you instantly knock them out. And it's crazy. And same thing with the NPCs. You can instantly knock them out with a baseball bat. Uh, with Grand Theft Auto, it's a little different. I mean, <laughs> it's so damn realistic. And it's like you you run into like a really light, small car and you bump into like the biggest, most tanked up truck ever. You crash into that and yeah, your your character gets wasted. Along with that, you shoot bullets through the water. You see the, the splashing effects in that water. And then when you beat pedestrians or non-playable characters with a baseball bat they take the hit and they'll fight back too the npcs they'll run away on cyberpunk but just comparing and contrasting the amount of detail that grand theft auto and cyberpunk put grand theft auto takes it by the long run and that's the thing grand theft auto has been out for about eight years now and their graphics their physics is just so on point and up to par and noticing that comparison it got me thinking what really makes a good video game and well Looking from those compare and contrast examples, that is the amount of detail they put into their physics and the immersion. I'll tell you what I mean by that. So Grand Theft Auto is one of those games you at least have to play once because just noticing the amount of detail they put into like the environment, I mean, obviously set up in Los Santos, it actually made me feel like I was in Los Angeles. Like I actually was living and was a Los Angeles resident. It, it's crazy. It's like, the, the people had their own conversations. They talked about their own days, etc., or what happened and all this mess, yada, yada, yada. They have their own restaurant chains, a variety of different vehicles, and damn near mimicking any real-life vehicles like Corvettes, Audis, all that. And let's see, they also had, like, their own soda brands, and it's crazy, like, the amount of work and detail they put into that. Not just, like, you know, hey, this this is like the notorious building you see in L.A. right there, the little church-looking building. Yeah, uh, you also have Santa Monica right there. <laughs> uh, you have the Vespucci Canals, which is uh, the Venice the Venice area, you know, with the Venice Canals. It's crazy the amount of detail they put into that game. And it damn near, yes, makes you feel like you're part of the game, like you're part of that world. And in order for it to accomplish that well, you have to make it feel and look as realistic as possible, which is why the whole entire splashing bullets in the water and, you know, hey, these baseball bats do the perfect amount of damage it needs to do with people and other objects. Like, you go on Cyberpunk, you hit a car with your own fist, it doesn't even break. <laughs> you do it with uh, your own fist on a on a freaking Ferrari lookalike, and you can just easily bend the door just by kicking it on in-game, of course. <laughs> it's crazy. And the thing is with video games is that it is an escape of reality, you know? Video games allow you to do so many different things that you can't do in real life. And one of them, of course, is, you know, hey, uh, I, I fucked up. Let's go ahead and try again for the last checkpoint, you know? Here you fuck up in real life. Well, uh, the consequences can be pretty dire and pretty lengthy and long term. So compared to uh, in a video game, not so much. It's not really that bad. So because video games are like an escape from reality, you at least know or have an idea that this isn't real. So then you're just like, I mean, it's not really like, you know, it's not like real life which doesn't give you that high of like you know like a real real environment and so in order for that to be accomplished well you have to make it as real as you can 
And the best way to do it is, well, make sure you get the physics on point. Like example, detail of like splashing bullets. Let's see, you know, when you punch something, it does the proper amount of damage. So I mean, if you punch a wall, I mean, if it's like a really hard ass concrete wall, I mean, you just, yeah, you don't do damage to it, that's it. Or if you punch like a stop sign, I mean, at least you know that you bend the metal a little bit because you know you you hit it pretty hard or uh let's say you have a baseball bat you hit a car hey you know you did some damage to it or you split it in half or something because you used a knife compared to cyberpunk man you hit it with a bat it's still no dent left on that car <laughs> and also your surroundings how they react uh you hit an npc they'll fight back or if an npc is in a car it gets out of the car and either runs away scared or gets out and is ready to fight you uh, on Cyberpunk, it doesn't do that. The NPC still stays in the car and pretends like nothing's happening. Like, the physics, it's, it's it's really weird. It's odd. It's not congruent. And so, yeah, there's so many examples I can give about this. And you throw a bomb under a car on Cyberpunk 2077, it'll blow up, but the car will not be on fire, and the person won't be on fire either. Like, it'll get out of the car, and it'll just, like, duck down. Like, like what the hell, please don't blow me up. And you'll do it again, and it still won't do anything. <laughs> you do that on Grand Theft Auto, throw a bomb into the car, the car will just straight up burst into flames and pieces and with the person alive in it too. Or the person is just going to immediately get out the car and run away to the safest parking spot or something. I don't know. But that is the amount of detail and dedication Rockstar puts into that game. And that's why to this day, eight years later, Grand Theft Auto V is still a good game. Now, I'm not saying it's the best game out there uh, compared to the other Grand Theft Autos. I mean, there's, there's Vice City and... Uh, San Andreas, come on now. <laughs> so yeah, that amount of detail they put into the game, it's insane. Now, one thing to keep in mind that we should give it a little bit of a break, that is that CD Projekt, they don't have as many resources as Rockstar does when it comes to, you know, focusing on the physics. And obviously it took Rockstar quite a long time to make that game, which is why it took them almost eight years to make Red Dead Redemption 2. It's because of the amount of detail, physics, work, and dedication, and just, yeah, overall atmosphere they had to put into. And I feel like I was in one of those Wild West movies when I played Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, it's that insane, like, what Rockstar does with this. So Rockstar has more resources, more time, and more money to do that. Compared to CD Projekt, they didn't really have that much money to really work around or resources. So some investors had to, you know, be persuaded to invest in them. And I mean, now look at the mess that CD Projekt is getting into because of the little bit of a rocky launch. And I mean, I don't know if either they didn't want to work hard enough for this game or if um, they just didn't have the resources for it. So... And honestly, the launch of Cyberpunk 2077 was a good lesson for Rockstar. And this is why Rockstar is just one of those companies that is just doing great right now. At least I think they're doing great. They saw that little shaky launch that CD Projekt had. And even Rockstar made a statement and said, look, listen, we're going to focus on Grand Theft Auto 6. I mean, it's going to take some time, but look, going to take a sweet ass time. We're going to make sure everything's right. And we're going to focus on single player. And it looks like they're doing that more, even with the new heist they released online. And online is more like multiplayer based because obviously it's Grand Theft Auto Online. And so now that they started to make it a little bit more single player, it's like people are enjoying it. It's a good sign that Rockstar cares when they want to focus on the single player aspect now. Because with Cyberpunk, I mean, it was it's technically a single player game. And I mean, it's still glitching out here and there. Now, I'm still going to play Cyberpunk. Don't get me wrong. It's just that... Is going to take time for me to get into or even finish just because uh, it's just 
man, it's not as immersive as it is with Grand Theft Auto. And because of just a compare and contrast I saw with that, it's like I still want to play Grand Theft Auto. I still do. So, yeah. So, in conclusion, again, what makes a really good video game is the ability to immerse your audience and also pay attention to the physics and getting it right and making it as realistic as possible to make them feel like they're part of that world, basically. So your boy here was getting ready to make the move to Twitch. However, I don't think that might be the case now because uh, Twitch just banned the word simp. And as you know, the Bromar show is heading to a more narrower direction going to be more focused now on internet culture because i mean i'm on the internet all the freaking time we're all on the internet all the time and i think the best part is just that i not just only inform you about it but i pretty much just make fun of it or make it more entertaining because like you know about it you've probably seen it on the internet and so what makes it more different now that you're hearing it from me well simple I had a little interesting twist to it. So yes, Twitch is banning the word simp, incel, and virgin. And all those three words are actually part of the internet culture. They're mentioned quite frequently in the internet culture because uh, that is like how someone will insult someone else when they don't agree to opinions in regards to uh, relationships, whether it be casual or long-term these terms actually get thrown around and some of them are pretty much misused like incel like they don't know how to use that one like i'll even talk about this specific topic here sometime in the future let's see we have we have quite a lot of minutes before we reach a thousand minutes worth of content of the year so might include that one later in this episode not sure but yeah twitch will no longer allow streamers and commenters to go around calling one another simps and the term, which is a recent favorite in the Twitch community, that normally refers to men who seem desperate for a woman's attention. It will be banned when used as an insult. Incel and virgin will also be banned as those insults too, according to Twitch COO Sarah Clements. And she said this during a live stream town hall sometime in the afternoon, which was uh, two or three days ago, four days ago, five days ago. I don't know, sometime in the past. But it is pretty recent. <laughs> so yeah, this new policy will go into effect January 22nd. And it also includes stricter rules around sexual harassment and seems to give Twitch more leeway to ban streamers and commenters who make offensive comments. So the policy overhaul comes after Twitch was inundated with reports of sexual harassment within its community and complaints that the company had ignored the issue for years. And many YouTubers have actually made this point on their videos about how Twitch was, uh, they weren't very attentive to these issues. And so they filed a whole bunch of complaints about it. And Simp is being banned under a portion of the revamped policy that prohibits derogatory statements about another person's perceived sexual preferences. So yeah, the word simp, incel, and virgin will not be banned in all situations. It will only take action when they use it for harassment. But typically, that's how those terms come up on Twitch. Which, uh, I don't know. Typically, the way I see it, these terms like the word simp, incel, and virgin... Let's just say someone makes a comment about, oh yeah, not all women are like that. Treat them like queen and perhaps they'll treat you better. And someone comments and says, oh, okay, simp. And 
you know, and which I mean, I understand, I get it, but going through some experiences, it might be different. Or here, here's another one. Or here's another one. Oh yeah, I don't understand how. Uh, uh, yeah, these sex workers expect a, a good man, but go around and selling pictures of their bodies or selling their bodies. That's not how they're gonna get a good man, or they're gonna get a man. And then someone comments and says, "Ha ha, okay, incel," because of that opinion. And you know, you see how this goes. But uh, I'll probably have to look it up exactly like what would constitute as harassment when using those terms. So yeah, uh, they will take action against the use of terms like simp, incel, or virgin, and specifically when they're used to negatively refer to another person's sexual practices. And using these terms to their own wouldn't lead to an enforcement, but we would take action if they were used repeatedly in a harassing manner. So, let's be real. The reason why Twitch wants to ban simp. It's simple. You have... Some of the top Twitch streamers. Uh, let's take a look at Pokimane, Alinity. Uh, what about SS Sniper Wolf? Is she one of them? Uh, I think there's uh, Amaranth that basically have simps donating money to them. And that's how, you know, they make bank. And let's be real. <laughs> they get pretty sensitive when we call them that. And all right, I'm starting to crack something here. So if it's all about them respecting women and uh you know being a gentleman and being a nice guy then why do you care if someone calls you an incel or a virgin because then now that kind of gets me wondering so there is some truth to that term simp incel or virgin when someone donates money to some twitch streamer in hopes of well just getting attention or maybe something more, if you're catching my drift. So there is some truth behind that statement then, if that's the case. Because then you have the other ones who, you know, make fun of the simps because they're donating money to Twitch streamers and they they basically, because they have money or because, you know, they, um, they're supporting them that there's some sense of entitlement. Whether it be attention, a relationship, or something physical like i wouldn't be really comfortable with that that's why i don't i don't like when someone mentions something about a twitch streamer like a female twitch streamer and especially those that are cam girls or have only fans it's like oh you know why don't you support them and i'm just like what are you talking about like uh the best way i can support them if is i can collab with them in a scene or something <laughs> They're like, no, 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 just subscribe to their OnlyFans. I'm like, subscribe? I'm like, why would I want to do that? I want to like full on support them as in take part of the action and what they're taking, you know? Because handing them money isn't doing anything. Just, I mean, I'm not winning in the long run. I'm just losing money at that point. Unless she wants to collab or something, sure, I'll donate with her like for a couple months. I'm like, look, listen, I don't know how long it's going to take to produce a scene. So um, to kind of help you out with budgeting for it i'm gonna donate to your only fans for this amount of time while we are in production if you call up the production and no longer want to do it then i just stop donating <laughs> no i'm not saying i film myself with an only fans chick would be an interesting experience but uh no i i haven't done it no but just thinking on it it's like I don't know. It's really transactional. 
I have another article from NPR to share about, and this one is about drinking. Now, your boy here is still suffering from a two-day hangover. You see, what ended up happening is your boy here was like, you know what? It's been a while since, you know, since went out drinking with some coworkers, with some buddies, you know. So I went ahead and, you know, had myself a drink. And even though it was one drink, man, I woke up with a pretty mad hangover. Like, I don't think I slept pretty well. So I still need to rest up easy just because of that. So, according to NPR, Americans are drinking more during the pandemic, and it explains steps on how to cut back. And this was written by Claire Marie Schneider and Allison Aubrey, and I believe there's even a 12-minute listen to this. So I think it's interesting, too, how, oh, man, you know what? This gives you an idea. All right, 2021, look out because the Bromar Show may be going through some changes, thanks to NPR. <laughs> so when the pandemic began spreading across the U.S. in March, you know, you had stores, restaurants, and schools closed down. Uh, liquor stores in many parts of the U.S. were deemed essential and stayed open. Well, if you think about it, alcohol could serve as some form of medicine. Now, obviously, don't do drink it to, like, indulge any of your problems or whatever. But let's just say you get a little cut, you get a little wound, and you need some alcohol i mean rubbing alcohol would work but what about some whiskey let's see how that works so i mean theoretically it is an essential business because it does provide to some form uh some remedy or some medicine so yeah for many people alcohol is a part of everyday life but taking a break has its benefits it really does and before i get into the benefits i did sober october so went completely alcoholist for one month and man my skin I have never seen it so hydrated and so smooth in my whole life. <laughs> so I would recommend, hey, go a whole month without drinking alcohol and tell me how that skin feels. Probably will feel better than a lot of people's foreskin or something. <laughs> oh, that's even gross to think about. Maybe I shouldn't have made that comment. Now you're all going to start drinking because of that. Um. So yeah, NPR provided a life kit and which they covered on how to drink less in a pre-pandemic world, or where you might find yourself at a party or happy hour with coworkers. But because many of us are stuck at home and bars, either fully closed or with limited hours, we want to get some updated advice from the experts. Well, let's see. One of the first one here is think about what you drink, and Kamala Green Janice, she's a psychologist that specializes in addictions, says that it is important to look at the role alcohol plays in your life. There's no need for judgment, uh, but another psychologist at the University of Buffalo by the name of R. Lorraine Collins recommends asking yourself, are you keeping alcohol as a special beverage for limited situations, or are you engaging in alcohol use across the board? And typically, I save alcohol for very, very special occasions, as in I'm trying to get late. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. I mean... It's actually a good idea to not use it for that. But let's just say, oh my goodness, man, I felt on top of the world and I overcame this like just a damn impossible task and you actually did it. I would say that would be appropriate time to do that. Um, also, track down how much you drink. Uh, according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, they recommend that you drink moderately. One drink a day for women or two drinks for men. Wait, what? I thought it would say, I don't know, one drink a week or a month or something, but a day. But Collins says that sometimes people get confused to what constitutes as a drink. For many people in their minds, 
a glass equals a drink. So it's important to assess not only just what alcohol you're consuming, but how you consume it. Is your glass of wine really just five ounces, which equates to one drink, or is it more? Mixed drinks often contain more than one shot, and craft beers can contain more alcohol than a standard beer. But I'm actually shocked they said one drink a day. I'm like, bruh, I feel like you could have said once a month, or at least once every two weeks, but every day, man, I don't... I don't know. I, I just don't feel comfortable about that fact. I really don't. So when you drink, yeah, be mindful. Uh, there are a couple tricks to curb your alcohol consumption. To slow down consumption, Collins recommends sipping, not guzzling. Even a beer can be sipped like fine wine. And I agree with that because the moment I start chugging it, it's it's disgusting and I want to throw it back up. She recommends adding in non-alcoholic beverages between that cocktail or beer and having food available when you drink. Also, reprogram your day. Replace happy hour with a new habit. So, yeah, substitute for other pleasant activities during that very same time for at least two to three weeks so that you can begin to develop a new conditioned response. Uh, And then connection is key. Seek out support. So, obviously, if you're having addiction problems, go ahead, seek out the help. And also consider a break as an opportunity to learn more about yourself. A break from alcohol can lead from a range of outcomes. And as they reported in a 2016 British study, people who participated in a month-long dry January break found that 82% said that they felt a sense of achievement. And I mean, I felt a sense of achievement when I did the Sober October thing. And like I stated, you might get some pretty nice skin just by not drinking alcohol for a whole month. Maybe you hike farther, you have better conversations or get better sleep and notice if your life feels richer to you. If you're stuck at home for now, why not give it a try? And honestly, I've given it a try before and look, I feel a lot different. I do. And I remember two nights ago, I went with some friends to drink after work, but I only drink lemonade. And of course... I was like, oh, man, you know, this is kind of cool. And I got some good sleep. But then uh, the night after, I went again with the coworkers. This time, I had just one drink. And boy, let me tell you, uh, getting rest was was hard. It sucked. It really did. And so I was just like, you know what? Uh, It's best to just do this if I am guaranteed the whole day off. In which I was. I was guaranteed the whole day off. Well, not really because I still had to finish producing the Bromar show. But hey, you know, (laughs) it is what it is. I still have some energy kicking to just give you some content here. So uh, that, yeah, that is interesting. Now, another thing I like to add is, you know, this might sound kind of cheesy, but maybe get yourself a console system get yourself a switch a ps4 xbox one or a pc and just start playing a game doesn't have to be cyberpunk because i know cyberpunk is going through some glitches and changes right now (laughs) but yeah pick yourself up a video game to play and i guess that's honestly the closest thing i mean i could say porn but that doesn't make it better i promise you (laughs) uh but yeah those are the tips that NPR here provided. So if you want to check the full detail thing out, I'll leave a link of that in the description or you can just check it out at npr.org. So yeah, that pretty much wraps it in regards to that topic. All right, so we're going to look at a couple articles here. We have some time to kill left. Um, The first one I'm going to look at in which it will involve a little bit of some fanboying here and that is that uh, there is proof of life of Mars? Question mark. 
Apparently, the NASA rover discovers a large spoon on the red planet's surface. Now, this was posted by the Daily Mail. And here's the thing. For all I know, it could be some spoon that was left over by some astronauts that were there. So, that's just my guess. But I'm going to add a little kick to this theory. Now, that spoon on Mars could be the very own Joji spoon. Now... If you don't know who Joji is, he used to be a YouTuber by the name of Filthy Frank, or you can call him Salamander Man, Pink Guy, uh, Safari Man, I don't know. However, whichever entity you known him to be growing up uh, younger when he was a YouTuber back then. Now he's a very inspiring artist, very talented artist. And all I can say is that you can actually tell like from uh, from his previous YouTube content, like this dude had some skills, some talent in regards to music and being an artist. So Joji himself released some merchandise earlier in the year. And one of those merchandise items was a spoon that said, give me love. And which was in reference to his give me love song. And essentially it became known as the Joji spoon. And I remember I shared this and tagged my friend in it because he is a really good Joji fan and he he wants the Joji spoon. And so, (laughs) and to make things interesting about that spoon on Mars being the Joji spoon, a couple months ago, I want to say, Joji released a track called Sanctuary and he had a video with this. And the video it basically referenced that spoon like four or five times. Like it was just him just looking at the spoon, kind of singing all that mess and then him eating cereal with the spoon. And then apparently some wacko villain removed his eye with the spoon and just took off and left whatever the case may be. And what's funny about this video is that it was it was space theme. It was a bunch of aliens and astronauts, all this mess. It was that was the theme behind the video. And so now it makes you wonder, that's got to be the Joji spoon. Because clearly there was a music video about it taking place in space. Maybe it looks damn near almost like freaking Mars. Uh, Well, it has some vegetation, so not really. So to conclude from this article is that this has to be the Joji Spoon. Has to be, man. Come on. There was a music video that was uh, circulating around and him playing with the spoon. And then now he has some merchandise about the Gimme Love Spoon. So uh, yeah, that's that's definitely the Joji Spoon. (laughs) So, yeah, that's uh, that's the end of that. Now, what got my mind wondering now is that there was an article that was posted here by one of our uh, local TV stations here. Apparently, one person is dying from COVID-19 every 10 minutes in Los Angeles. Now, get this. This was posted December 26th, and this was reported, I believe, Thursday. 148 new COVID cases in Los Angeles County. Now, for all I know, those COVID cases could have just happened on Thursday or the 26th or the 27th, maybe throughout that time span. But it makes it really hard to believe because I feel like that would be a huge hit to the population. Like there would be a huge decrease in the population right there. But then again, LA County is a really populated county. Like it's it's got a lot of people. But that just got me wondering, like, I don't know if this really adds up. I don't know if this is real. It's crazy if it is. But I guess we're not going to jump into conspiracy theories just yet in regards to that topic. So, um, let's just go ahead and look on what's up the plan in regards to Indiana right now. Because um, I'm kind of seeing through it right now. I'm seeing through it. So, December 31st, Holcomb's emergency declaration is set to end, right? And then on January 3rd, the Indianapolis Colts will allow... 10,000 attendees at Lucas Oil Stadium for the team's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Which, by the way, the Colts are 
this is probably one of the best seasons they had so far. I mean, could do better, but compared to what we had the previous years, this is a huge improvement. It really is. On January 4th, grades 1 to 12 schools in Marion County are allowed to reopen to in-person learning. And then February 28th, Indiana National Guardsmen, they're set to end mission to assist at long-term care facilities. (laughs) So me just looking at it, it's like, it looks to me like they were just waiting for election season to end. That's what it looks like to me. They were waiting for election season to end. But you know what? It's okay. It's all good. You know, we're we're past it now. And uh, I mean, we're not going to get into it. Anyway, this is all going to be it for me. Thanks again for listening and make sure you follow the podcast on Instagram, which is at The Bromar Show. And on that page, you can also find a new link to the new Bromar Show webpage, which is at bromarmedia.co. Make sure you go ahead and follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. And make sure you go ahead and share with your friends. Time to let the word out for The Bromar Show now that we got ourselves a little bit more stabilized, a little bit improved. So that way we can see what things we can touch on and what things need to be changed and all of that. So thanks again for listening and until next time.